right, everybody. Welcome back. To- <laughs> so, so sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Or should I stick with the uh, Hello Kinderlein? Willkommen. Uh, welcome back to the hostel. Um, we have some hostel related topics today, um, as well as some other things. Um, but oh, where are my manners? This is uh, Logan, as always, your host, and with me hosting as well is Sean. What's up, Sean? How's it going? Welcome back to the Sean and Logan show, or the <laughs> Logan and Sean show. <laughs> All right, so what do we got today? You had, um, so full disclosure, my internet is shot, and I can't look at our notes. I have some notes on paper here, um, but w- fill us in, Sean. What's the, t- the overarching topic for today? Today, what we have is the topic, I mean, we're talking about hostel jobs. Mm -hmm. Last time we talked about like visiting hostels, but something that's really popular nowadays and what I see all the time is people who are working like temporary jobs in hostels as a way to travel free and get like free accommodation. I think it's a really good idea. Um... There's a lot of different ways that you can go about doing this. It's uh, the only thing about these jobs, though, I guess, is sort of a disclaimer, is that most of the time when you look at these hostel jobs, they're usually volunteer programs. I mean, I know you can go and get a job in a hostel, but the the really like popular ones that you'll probably see if you go on YouTube or if you go on um, TikTok, and you see a bunch of influencers who are like, this is how I would do full-time working in a hostel, blah, 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 blah. And they're like in a bunch of different countries all the time is they, there's these, um, temporary hostel volunteer opportunities that you can do, which are pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's sort of what I wanted to talk about. Um, and also not really just hostel jobs. I think there's a lot of other kind of volunteer jobs that you can get, to uh, sort of work your way into different countries that you want to go to. Maybe you want to travel, but you don't want to have to pay. Even, you know, even if you're in a hostel, sometimes you're paying up to like $40, $50 a night. And if you want to be somewhere for like an extended period of time, you want to be smart about how you travel without, you know, with the, for as cheap as possible. Right. And that's one of the ways to do it. Yeah. I know we've touched on previously um the option of teaching abroad and i know um a long time ago i was looking at a position teaching english in china and they would give you room and board um as well as some pay Um, but i don't think we're talking about that sort of program today are we actually i mean that's kind of one of the things i mean we we sort of touched on it before Mm-hmm. These teaching jobs, I know they're really, really popular, but the thing is about those teaching jobs is that, that we talked about last time was that usually to get to the places that a lot of people want to go to, um, they are a little bit harder to, uh, to find a lot of times you need certification for them and they're in really high demand. I think when it comes to teaching overseas and getting room and board and doing that kind of job, I think teaching English is one of the most 
it's probably the most well-known way to do it, but there's all kinds of different ways to do it as well. And another thing that I didn't actually write down on my notes was that there's another type of job that you can get. So there's like hostel jobs and there's all these different websites that you can go to. Um, there is the most popular one is world packers. So worldpackers.com. Then there's hopperjobs.com, HelpX, Workaway. I think World Packers is the newest one, and I believe it's the most popular one that people have, even though it's it's only been if it's only existed for maybe a couple years or a few years. And it's specifically for working in hostels or volunteering okay. in hostels yeah. for a, a temporary period of time. But uh this uh there's other ways like um Working on boats actually is one way to do it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think they call it yachting or something. Yeah. Where there's really similar programs where you go on the website or you go through an agency and you look for sort of like server jobs on really rich people's yachts or on these like cruise. I mean... Sometimes they're like cruise lines, but they're way, way, way more small, small scale. It's not like a cruise line job. It's like a, like a private handled um, serving company that works with really rich people who like live on yachts or whatever. Yeah. And, I, uh, that's one way to do it. So that's, um, that is fun. Obviously, if you're prone to seasickness, stay away from that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's like... Typically, it's somewhat demanding. Um, it is like a service job, and it's not going to be like the TV shows like um, Below Deck, where mm-hmm. there's all these sexy people like partying all the time. I mean, maybe it will be, um, especially if our viewers are on the boat. Kinda... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- it's like reality TV, so it's completely <laughs> scripted. Um, but I on a vacation one time we chartered like a small boat just to go on like a cruise, like a little, I say cruise, like a little sail. And, um, Oh, I believe it was like the deck hand. He said that in a previous life he did exactly this. So he, for a few years traveled the world, um, and just did various service jobs on, um, various, Oh, actually, I just remembered. It was on a ferry. So it was on like this ferry um, where I met the guy. But yeah, anyways, he had he had done this in a previous life and highly, highly recommended it, said it was awesome. So take that for what it's worth, I suppose. Um, it's a good way to go about it for sure. Do you know if it was like a job or if it was one of these volunteer exchange, exchange it was, programs? It was a job. So he was a server on various like yachts. Um, I don't think he worked on like private yachts. I think he was with like a company where people would charter them or something like that. I, I don't really remember, but it was a job. Yeah. Like a serving agency or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And he went all over. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge way to do it, but that's like another one of those things where that's like a job. Mm-hmm. And I think with there's all kinds of different travel jobs that you can have or jobs that require you to travel that allow you to travel sort of like that one. And then there's farming jobs. So like uh, there was this person that I saw, they worked on like a solar farm 
and it was a, it was a full-time job and it was, um, it wasn't like an, like a quote unquote experience. It was like they went there and they got a job in it, which is, you know, I think it's different. I think it's really important to sort of separate the, the idea from which ones are programs and which ones are actual jobs. I see. Know? Yeah. So like, for example, World Packers is one of the program ones. And I think this is a really good one for people who just want to travel. It's like, I want to take a gap year and I want to take a few months and maybe work in one place and then work in another place and travel the world, et cetera, et cetera, for as cheap as possible. Um, World Packers, their opportunities, this is not sponsored by World Packers, by the way, (laughs) not in any way. I wish it was, but it's not. But they, they, their jobs and experiences are in within um, like a few weeks to a few months. And it's for like, they have NGO ones, farm ones, like eco villages, guest houses, eco lodges, camping sites, hostels, homestays. Um, some of them are schools. <clears throat> the way that they do it is there's a membership fee. So I think it's per year you pay like $50 for a like quote unquote membership to be able to sign up for these. Okay. And they don't cover your visa. So you have to get like your visa yourself and you have to do everything yourself. You have to get your flight yourself, but they don't make you pay for the, for the room, which I think is awesome. And the reason I think this is awesome. And I'm really sorry if anybody's listening to me that used to work with me and Isaac, I sort of wanted to talk about this because I used to run programs really similar to this. I used to work in this nonprofit called Isaac. It's a French acronym. I talked about it in a previous episode, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's technically the largest youth nonprofit in the world. It's huge. It's a subsidiary, I believe, of the United Nations and uh, they work for the sustainable development goals. And they have these programs. There's like global volunteer programs and global entrepreneurship programs. And the thing about those ones is they also range from a few weeks to a few months. But the thing is that I, I didn't love about them was the fact that you had to pay. So when you're in college and you have study abroad opportunities or volunteer abroad opportunities, it was a better program than a lot of what they advertise. Because if you do one through a university, especially an American university, you're going to be paying thousands and thousands of dollars just for the fee to go on these trips. It's paying for your board and your food or whatever, but you're getting a really, really bad deal for your money. I mean, you're paying like $12,000 $12,000 for like a month long trip to a, you know, a country that you could easily do the entire trip for maybe three grand or something like that. But the uh, global volunteer opportunities, they'd be like 500 something bucks and they would, it would usually, sometimes it would cover your accommodations. Sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes you would have to pay the fee and it would also you would have to, you know, do accommodation and you would usually not get food with it. It would be, you had to pay this like big fee, which is usually cheaper than like, like I said, the school fees, but it was not like a really good deal. And 
these programs, these ones where you look up working in these hospitality industries and doing your indentured servitude or whatever for a short period of time, at least like it's a good deal. And I think it's a good bet because of the fact, even if you don't get paid for it, it's a good deal because of the fact that you most of the time don't have to pay for boarding and it's free. Like, I mean, it's $50 or whatever, but in the, it usually also comes with uh, travel insurance. So if mm. you get stuck for a few days where let's say you have to stay in a hotel or like a hostel for a few days because you're, you know, you're stuck, you can't get to the place or whatever, anything happens, they'll uh, refund you up to, I think like $200 a day if you get in any sort of like emergency or something like that. Oh, wow. Which is good. Yeah. You have to have that kind of insurance to be able to do these things anyways. But yeah, it's really, um, I think they're pretty awesome. You know, I, I think it's obviously way better to go out and get a job where you are getting paid for what you do. But, you know, most of those, it's like you, you don't want to go work for a place and say, oh yeah, I'm only here for three months for the experience and then I'm going to dip out. If you want to do that, then you have this option. So, yeah. And again, just remind me. So what generally what kind of work could you find on, say, uh, I'll stick with World Packers since that's the newest and kind of the hottest one right now. Um, What's the scope of the work you might do? Do you get to choose your sort of work? Like I know with the Peace Corps, um, there's not as much agency, like you just sort of get placed where needed. Is it like that or do you choose? No, I mean, you, you have all of this. So there, when you get on the website, there's a list of specific hostels or places to apply for. And it'll give you essentially a list of responsibilities. It's different. It changes from place to place. So, you may have your own room. You may be boarded up with six other people the entire time you're there, which is one of the downsides to doing something like that. You know, you, you, you're probably going to end up living there on site in the hostel. You'll usually do like cleaning. Um, it's usually going to be a lot of work. You'll probably have to do night shifts, especially if you're volunteering at a hostel because they usually have 24 hour service at the front desk because they have to, cause you're, you know, you're looking after youths that are coming in and out and maybe they're hammered and you want to make sure it's safe or whatever. Um, some like gardening, a lot of the, a, a lot of it is, is physical labor. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that it's pretty hard and sometimes you only get like a day off during the weekend but that's sort of one of the things like this is this is meant to be for like really young people that don't care that their other alternative to doing this is paying for a place every single night and it'll tell you how many meals you get. So I'm looking at this one. You can be a tour guide. You live in a shared dorm it's 20 hours a week. That is not a lot. And you get one meal a day. Uh, it tells you how many people you're sleeping with, 25 hours a week for this one. If you're, here's this one, uh, in Mexico, 
volunteer in the front desk 32 hours a week you'd be doing night shift you would do cleaning administration reception mm-hmm. uh four to ten weeks and you would sleep in a shared dorm but there's i mean there's 137 pages of these things and this is just in hostels we also have like eco village i mean farms yeah 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 there's there's tons of them i think this is really cool and i don't yeah. mean to um sort of bash Isaac or anything. I think it's really cool. But what I like about this is another thing too is, and I, and I would actively promote something like this because world packers operates as an intermediary and all of these, these opportunities that are, customer to business intermediaries. That's good. You want to work for a business. I went on an exchange program and a youth and an Isaac, which is a, it's a youth run program. And I was not working for a business. I was working for the youth program. So my program was run by a bunch of kids that were younger than me. And as you can imagine, it was really disorganized I was lost a lot of times. I was left hanging a lot of times. There was a lot of frustration that went along with that just because of the fact that it was a bunch of kids running it. Um, No, you're not being paid for these opportunities here through these intermediaries like World Packers or Hopper Jobs or HelpX or WorkAway or whatever. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes you are getting paid for it. But you're you're working for the business, which offers you some protections and the promise that it's going to be at least a little bit professional. So yeah, you want something like that. You want, I think security is really important and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and another thing too is like when I'm talking about these programs, I just, I want to be honest and talk about the fact that you know, you can, you need to be careful if you're, if you're doing something like this, you just have to be really careful. Be selective um, for sure. Yeah. Who you trust and be, yeah, exactly. Be selective in where you go and what you do and who you do it through. Yeah. I know. Um, so to some degree it's job by job, I say, or it's business by business. What I mean is, um, so the, st- the, the, the package, the like benefits package changes. Like you might get two meals a day. You might get three. Um, you might mm-hmm. be in a shared dorm. You might have your own room. So keep all of that in mind. And if you need to save money, like to, to cover some other things or for your days off, I mean, you're not getting paid. So you still need to save if you want to go around and uh, travel, you know, outside of your, your job assignment area. Um, Mm-hmm. As always, you know, do your research and be selective <laughs> for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're taking a gap year and you say, I know a lot of people do this and you say, I want to go to this continent and I want to be here for as long as I can. And you have, let's say, a volunteer opportunity for half of the time, but you don't know what you're doing the next half of the time. And you think you're going to travel around, but you're a little bit worried about money, something like that. You can also go and just like ask people for jobs. And I think we talked about this, I mean, what, 
how, how long ago we talk about it. It might've been the last episode. I don't remember, but we talked about going to a country and getting a job while you're there. You can do that as well. You can just go to a hostel and if you're like a cool person and you, they have a, a, you know, an opportunity, you can, you can look for jobs while you're there and get a temporary working permit as well. And I think that's a good way to do it. I was reading this blog from this guy It's called a broken backpack and he was describing a year that he spent essentially traveling the world. And he went through all of these programs he did. He didn't just stick with world packers and he didn't just stick with, with one and rely on it. He did all of them and he was actively applying and going out and doing different things and keeping himself busy while he was out. And he ended up getting a few jobs while he was out, um, just working for random places. And it's, uh, it's possible, Mm -hmm. but there's no guarantee with that sort of, uh, strategy. So it's definitely good to fill out applications before you go anywhere. Yeah, that's an exciting if if you did find a great program, which I I've been perusing and just reading a story here and there and I've I've heard of some good experiences with this. So, if you if you're able to find a good experience and and uh and a great opportunity, I should say, and take it, then I mean, <laughs> you'll be talking about it for the rest of your life for sure. Um oh, it's yeah. got I always yeah. get this sort of um I mean, like grass is always greener. We both have our plans for going abroad, but I read these stories and I'm like, oh, like what if I just took a year or something and did, you know, <laughs> did something like this? It'd be so cool. Um, we never did a gap year, so yeah, yeah. I feel like we should. I don't think it would hurt. Dang. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. If you really think about it. Fair enough. Yeah, you're just you're doing a gap year. Yeah. I think I earned it. <laughs> I don't I know that it, I'm going to do one yeah. of these programs, but mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone deserves it for sure. It's like, it's yeah. it, who knows what you'll learn about yourself in that time and, um, you know, how your path might change or uh, be, just become clearer through an experience like this. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to get into a specific program. So a farming specific program, um, which is pretty well known. It's called woof. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's a worldwide opportunities and organic farming, I believe is the acronym. So it's W W O O F woof. Um, so I first heard about this when I was in Rome I was at a hostel bar (laughs) and I was talking to another American and she said that she had just finished before her trip to Europe. She had just finished woofing in Hawaii, um, working on a, a coffee farm. (laughs) So essentially she was telling me all these stories from that experience. It sounded amazing. I think, you know, she worked like four days a week, got three days off. Um, I believe she got, you know, three meals a day and then lived on the farm. Um, and it was Hawaii. So I, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful sites nearby. So she was telling me all these stories of seeing, 
seeing the island and the other islands around her. Um, and also just learning about organic farming and, and coffee farming specifically. So <clears throat> I know like this is a viable route as far as like work goes and like a real career, um, is farming or, you know, um, there's, there's a big trend these days in, um, like homesteading almost. I see it a lot on YouTube and stuff where people, um, oh, what's it called when they take, you know, uh, they, they essentially like irrigate their property and turn it into like a self-sustaining, almost like a farm ecosystem. Uh, mm. my, f- my favorite thing to talk about is like you get, um, so you get chickens, but then, you know, they're getting mites from the tall grass. So then you get goats, they chew down the tall grass and then like the chickens like eat the mites or whatever. And cause they're not like stuck in the weeds. And then this like helps your bees. If you get some bees, then the bees are really healthy because you know, they don't have these parasites or predators from the tall grasses. Cause the chickens are, so you can, if you spend enough time learning about farming and everything, then you can start to like produce your own food. Um, it's, it's always been something that's interested me. I've always thought like, Oh, when I have enough money and I can like buy a house and a small plot of land and like, I would love to start getting into this. And so I think, a way to start learning about it. Um, again, you could just volunteer locally or you could find a job on a local farm. Um, but if you want to incorporate some travel into it, then woofing is a great way to do this. Um, again, personally, I've heard great stories about this and, um, I've been reading online a little bit more. So, um, woof itself, um, So Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms is the name of the organization. Again, it's a worldwide movement to link visitors with organic farmers, promote a cultural and educational exchange, and build a global community conscious of ecological farming and sustainability practices. Um, So officially, there are 130 countries with um, like official wolf sponsors i guess you could say Jeez. um over twelve thousand hosts across these countries so host farms that will um feed and and board you and teach you um and let's see a hundred thousand woofers at the time i looked at the site <laughs> so um it's a pretty big program uh, which gives it, it gives it some credibility at least in my mind Um, and I have read that you can woof outside of those 130 countries. So there are 210 countries in total. Um, but you'll be working through like an independent woof sponsor, not like a, a national woof sponsor. Um, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get too into the weeds about that. Um, I mean, look into it if you want to go outside those 130 countries, but it's, it, it seems it's going to be, though. yeah, it's going to be a smoother experience, most likely working within those 130 countries with an official wolf sponsor. So that's, if I were to do it, <laughs> I would just, I'd say 130 is a lot to choose from. So just stick with that to make your life a little easier, but there, there are options. Um, mm-hmm. and so how, how do you do this? Um, briefly looking at their website, they do lay out the actual steps to go woofing. Um, so first you choose a country 
<clears throat> again, this is a global community, um, but it's operated on a national basis. So you have to choose the country you want to visit. And then you're presented with a list of hosts. Um, again, my internet is down, but when I was looking, th- I looked at the Netherlands and, um, when I pulled up, I said, Oh, like, let's just play around. I want to go to the Netherlands. So start here, Netherlands. And then there's a list and, and a nice little map on the side with, uh, with little like geo tags showing the location. So when you would click on an opportunity, like I saw a vineyard opportunity, you could go work at this vineyard. Um, and it's or- again, it's organic and sustainable, which is cool. Um, especially if you care about the earth and, um, the, you know, ecology and sustainability. Um, and you click on it and then it's sort of highlighted on the map to the right. So you can see like, okay, this is exactly where this farm is in the Netherlands. And, um, you could even go on the little, the map on the website and explore the local area a little bit from above. (laughs) Um, so again, you explore this host list and you essentially, you find what suits you choose a host and then you sign up, uh, create a profile and let me see from there it looks like you essentially just start contacting hosts so you work this out with the host i haven't gone this far obviously um but you would just message someone hey i'm interested and um you would be again working through a specific national woof organization Okay. And then from there you work with your hosts and then you arrange your dates, um, and share your expectations and expectations and all that. And then book your trip. Uh, so I, again, I saw a variety of things. I don't have it open right now, but from memory, um, they're like regenerative, regenerative farms. Um, and this isn't just like fruit and vegetable crops, but also, um, livestock. I'm sure you can find plenty of vegan farms if that's your thing. Um, but you know, um, so you can do, um, vineyards. I mentioned there's all sorts of like food farms, even like hobby farms slash eco retreats, family farms. Um, I'm sure that there are probably some eco retreats, which have, educational experiences or tour like bed and breakfast experiences. So maybe, uh, I'm, I'm speaking a bit beyond my knowledge here, but I'm sure there are some farms where you maybe have classes, um, and you can lead people through a tour or, you know, a class on whatever crops or whatever sustainable practices you're using. Um, really cool, really cool stuff. And again, I mean, I spoke to someone who did this within the States um, but you have a lot of, ch- a lot of countries to choose from. And, um, I, I do think like maybe this is the best option for someone who eventually wants to get their hands dirty literally and do some, uh, <laughs> sustainable farming in their, in their own yard or, or get some land later on. Or, um, <laughs> it's, it's a good option. I think it's also like, it is, uh, you know, a green, it's, it's a truly, an ecological like boon, I guess you could say for the world. It's like, 
and you're not working at a big like corporate farm. <laughs> like you're working with like a family usually. Or um, I saw a story about this guy who went and worked for um, an old couple's farm and essentially like they took care of all the heavy lifting and whatnot. And other, without these volunteers, the farm would have, it would just die essentially. Um, so you can keep. Sounds really nice to do, honestly. Yeah. And something as well is I did a, a it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't farming. It was a consulting thing. It was in Indonesia. And I did it to fulfill my internship uh, requirement for my uh, degree. And I could have pretty easily done some summer internship in Columbus, Ohio, working for J.P. Morgan or something like that. And I understand it was in Indonesia, so it's not like it was as accessible. It was really far away. The flight was expensive and stuff like that. But I'm not saying, like, go that far. But doing something like this and helping people to fulfill something like that, if you're young and you maybe need an internship or you need some volunteer experience, this kind of stuff is stuff that you genuinely need and, and will be able to actually make useful in the future, regardless of if it's something that you want to do in the future, like gardening or doing something in your own house. But maybe you want to wow a recruiter or something like that in an interview. You'll, if you do anything like this, doing volunteer work is probably one of the most impressive things that you could do, aside from learning like a very valuable skill. It just is really useful and I think that it'll give you more talking points and it will make you feel better. It'll, you'll get more out of it. I think Absolutely. something like this, if you're a young person and this is, and you need that, you know, I think, I mean, I, I would even, I would consider even doing one of these and I'm, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be able to make as much use out of it, but at this point, but you know, it's very, very much worth it. There's something to be said. So directly, no, this wouldn't have like a direct impact on your career um, or mine. I mean, I'm in tech. um, So if I went and, and did a woofing (laughs) experience for six months or something like that, it wouldn't make me a better software engineer. But I do think there's something to be said. It reminds me of like Stephen King saying, you know, if you want to be a writer, don't be an English major sort of thing. So I I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice (laughs) per se, but there's some truth in it. And that like you need to you need to be (laughs) you need to bring something interesting to whatever field you're in. So, yeah, um, for sure. And and if you are an author, like, I mean, I again, like. English majors read books and that does make you a better writer, right? In in technical terms. However, like maybe you want to be a bartender or maybe you want to um like <laughs> work at a supermarket, I don't know, so that you have these like human experiences and things to draw on or maybe you go woofing. 
Um, and, and similarly for me, I mean, who knows, like maybe you're a software developer and you do something like woofing, um, and then you come up with some idea for some technology to help sustainable farming or, um, or for you, like, um, a more like business minded person and, and like maybe, you come up with an idea for a business or some way to like create a business that's helpful yeah. for, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I just yeah. wanted to pitch that. Um, again, we're not, we're not sponsored by Wolf or any, anything. And, and I do encourage people to do their own research, be selective, et cetera. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure like how great of a nonprofit it is, but I have heard of positive experiences from people. And I do think, <laughs> There, again, there's something to be said for kind of expanding your soul. <laughs> um, just yeah. it's it's an enrichment experience for sure, which may sound yeah. cliche, but hey, maybe I'm sentimental. Yeah, <laughs> even if you don't get anything pragmatic out of it, you know? right? I think being an interesting person will make you, yeah, a better candidate for a job or an interview, and maybe give you some more talk, talking points. Yeah, but yeah. I think uh, the the biggest thing that you get out of it, something like that, is probably the inspiration, maybe the motivation to make a different direction or or you know make make a big change in your life or something. Yeah, I I think that that's good, and um, I think this was a really productive podcast. Yeah, so. I mean, as we've seen, there are a lot of, I'm sure we missed a lot of other things, um, like industry specific things or programs you can do. Um, but this, this is a good list to get you started if you want to research things and, um, experiences, opportunities like this that kind of come as a package. Um, yeah, I can't think of a much better way to do it. I mean, you have a clean slate if, if, um, you're a you know, if you're able-bodied, you could go woof and it doesn't take much more, I'm sure than that. (laughs) Um, so yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, uh, I think it's just really important to highlight the fact that if you do want to travel and you want to save a lot of money and maybe you want to work, you want to be somewhere a little bit more stagnant, you know where you want to go. Um, yeah, you have to be flexible because, you know, you're, if you say like, oh, I want to get a job in Munich, Germany, and so I'm going to go through World Packers. Yeah. Uh, you have to be flexible. But if you're just like, I just want to travel, I want to go somewhere, I want to see something, I don't know where to start. Good place to start is uh, through one of these programs. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, places will surprise you for sure. I know like I had never even heard of, of uh, for example, like Marseille in South of France. I butchered that pronunciation, but moving on. Uh, <laughs> but I went there just because it was on our way and we spent a few days there and it was like the most beautiful place. Um, and likewise, maybe you have a place in mind, but it's going to be a better shot to go somewhere you've never heard of. Could, mm-hmm. could really surprise you. So yeah. In my, uh, in my internship, when I was looking for opportunities, I just said, I've never been to Asia. I really want to go. I don't really care where I go. And I got sent to Surakarta, Indonesia, and I had never heard of it. I didn't even (laughs) really know which country was Indonesia. And yeah, I mean, you can imagine like how much I learned in such a short period of time. And it was probably the best thing I ever did. And 
you know, if I was being picky and if I was being a little too inquisitive, I probably wouldn't have gone and I would have regretted it. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I'll try to get this, uh, audio uploaded as soon as possible. My internet is still (laughs) down, but hopefully that's not a problem. Uh, and, and we'll get the episode up on time. I'm sure. Um, yeah thanks for talking yeah for sure hope you guys have a good week and we'll see you next week see you next time everybody bye